When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ken Murray on LMFM. Now, as I say, that uh, the outcome of the British general election um, is causing a lot of people to scratch their heads wondering where we go from next. There were those who believe that if the uh, Labour Party was able to form a government in Britain, there might be another referendum to give the British people, if you like, another chance to perhaps change their minds on leaving the EU. But it's not to be. And in all likelihood, the UK will leave the European Union at the end of next month. What does this mean for people in Ireland? Well, to find out more, I'm joined on the line by uh, MEP, Fine Gael MEP for this region, uh, a former uh, presenter here on LMFM and indeed uh, also the Vice President, or I think it's uh, Vice President of the European Parliament, Mairead McGuinness. Good morning, Mairead. Um, Can I ask you, what does this all mean now that uh, the British people have spoken? Well, I suppose what it means is that the divorce will come through on the 31st of January, if not earlier. I mean, it's very clear from the majority that um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has got in this election that he can deliver, as he said, he would get Brexit done. Uh, So there's even speculation that there could be a vote next week in the House of Commons um, to, you know, ratify the withdrawal agreement and that then this European Parliament would have to do likewise and then it would all be wrapped up by the end of January. What it means, I suppose, is that we definitely know the divorce has happened. We don't know, though, how the future will pan out because stage two is sitting down with the UK, EU negotiators talking about the future and the future will deal with every single aspect of trade, regulations, you name it. And there's no certainty as to exactly what Prime Minister Boris Johnson will want from that. Europe wants a close relationship, but that is not defined yet. Um, And then I suppose the timetable of all of this, can it be done by the end of 2020? Many people predict it cannot be done. If it's not done, could we have a hard Brexit at that stage? Or if it um, isn't done, will we have an extra period of transition? So we have certainty on one issue, but uncertainty on many others. Now, I suppose from a a political point of view here in Brussels, people are are, are not pleased, but they are certainly, if you like, happy that the uncertainty over the withdrawal agreement will end soon. Um, Then we have to worry about the future. I think for the European Parliament, we're going to lose quite a a large number of MEPs because they were re-elected in the last elections in May. And they will be leaving, we're not sure when, maybe the day after, the 1st of February. We we have yet to clarify that. And then some, there's two members elected from Ireland who have not taken their seats and they will be in a position to take their seats. My colleague Deirdre Clune um, from the South constituency and Barry Andrews from the Dublin constituency. So there'll be a lot of change even in personnel here in the Parliament. Uh, But I think when you opened there, you said that some had hoped or perhaps predicted that there might be a possibility of a government that would have a second referendum. I think it was a long shot, really. And those who had that hope, and and many of the the Remain colleagues here in the Parliament were, I suppose, 
crossing their fingers that that might happen. The reality is now very clear. I think that the British public, uh, not that I can speak of, of what they actually voted, but it seems to me that they were, I suppose, grown weary with Brexit um, hanging over their heads since 2016 and gave a, a large majority to Boris Johnson to get Brexit done. And that was his entire slogan for the campaign. Well, um, as things go, as I understand it, the real hard work actually begins on the 1st of February when this uh, trade deal has to commence negotiation and so on. I mean, the expectation is that the trade deal will be done at the end of December next year. But uh, reading between the lines, this could go on for a number of years. Is that something that the EU institutions are prepared for? Well, I suppose there's several issues about that. I mean, both sides would like to get it done as quickly as we can, but I, I don't, don't think that the UK realise how complicated it will be because usually in trade agreements, parties are coming together. In this case, the UK will be pulling away from, so around um, regulations and rules across all sectors, the UK has certainly indicated that it wants to be different than the European Union. So the, the complexity of the negotiations will depend on how different Boris Johnson wants to be uh, in trade than he is today. Because remember that we've, as an, uh, par- Ireland is part of the European Union, trade freely with the United Kingdom, a lot of our agricultural goods and many other things uh, go to the UK and indeed we buy from them. Uh, for the future, when they leave um, the European Union, we will have to have new arrangements in place. And I think, you know, there is a, a suggestion that this will all be easy because we're partners now. In fact, it's more difficult because we're partners now. When we were doing a trade deal with Canada, they weren't part of the European Union, so we sat down with a, a blank sheet, if you like, and then worked towards common ground. In this case, we are on common ground, and we have to work towards separation. So that's not, in my kind of uh, you know frame, that hasn't been done before. Um, so there are two issues. Then will Boris Johnson, with this large majority, be emboldened by it and want to be very tough in the negotiations, or will he feel that he has such a comfortable majority in the House of Commons that he can go for a softer Brexit? And I suppose. Um, if anyone has the answer to that, um, you know, put them on a postcard because none of us know his mind yet. I dare say over the coming days that will crystallise and, and he will clarify what his position is. But there's no doubt he has won a huge majority. Um, his campaign worked, uh, even the, the comedy parts of it. with sure. the of actually and all of those things it seems to have you know struck a chord with Mairead I just want to ask you a question about the the practicalities of the British exit from the European Union once the British leave which I think officially is December the 31st 2020 it means Mm -hmm. there's going to be less money in the EU kitty and this will affect things like subsidies to farmers fishermen various institutions in uh, the Irish Republic that depend on EU money I mean what sort of law are we looking at in terms of financial transfers from Brussels to Ireland? Well, just to complicate that further, we're coming to the end of this financial period. So the UK will pay all its dues up to the end of 2020. And the leaders, in fact, today in Brussels are looking at trying to agree the figures for the next seven years uh, post-2020. So there's no answer to that question. But it's very clear that with the UK gone, the contributions will change. It's not to say that they may that they will be contributing nothing, because if they want um, our markets, they may have to 
pay to access them in insofar as they may want to use our chemical agencies for regulation or our, um, the, on medical devices they may want to use the European Medicines Agency for drugs and all of those things. So it's not clear that they won't pay anything, but it's not clear how much they might pay. And then we have a difficulty amongst the remaining 27. There are four, um, as they're called, the frugal four, four countries that don't want to increase their contributions. Others, like Ireland, have said we will increase. So your question is a very, very good one, but there is no answer to that. And there's going to be some, I suppose, discussion today and what there was yesterday as to how countries will contribute in a time when the UK is no longer part of the European Union. But my guess is that Europe will possibly demand that the UK contributes some money Sure. Let, let, let me ask you this, Mairead. Um I presume the upper echelons of the EU Commission and those who run the European Parliament have got over, the, if you like, the shock of the June 2016 referendum. But now that they've sort of become used to it, is there still a sense of anger that the UK is leaving the EU and I won't say is messing up the EU project, but is sending out all the wrong signals? No, in fact, I don't think there was shock. I mean, I think there was more a bit of upset and anger when it happened. I, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I have to say, I sadly felt that the UK were going to vote uh, vote leave, and and that was the outcome. And others in the Parliament felt the same. In terms of anger, I don't think people are angry at all now. I mean, we have so many other problems to solve that Brexit is is just one of them. And I suppose now we have a little more certainty as we moved into 2020. So no, I, I don't think there's a sense of anger. And in terms of its impact on other countries and what they might think about the European Union. There has been no sign of any other country saying, what a good idea, we leave too. It's not to say that it could happen at some stage because the treaties allow for that. But for now, I think there's a solidity around the table of the 27, especially now if you look at the climate targets that we're talking about, if you look at the migration challenge, no country can deal with these on their own. And, you know, I think when things settle down with the UK, they're going to have to be part of our conversation. And to some extent, we might have this parallel um, arrangement where the EU 27 sit down and talk to each other, and then we have to sit down and talk to the United Kingdom. So I think the complexity will have been delivered by Brexit at a time when the UK wanted less complexity, because even around security issues, the UK cannot pull away from from European security measures because they're part and partial of it. So no, I don't think people are angry here. I think that, you know, we will go into Christmas, I mean, a little bit downcast because we're losing some good people from the parliament here. But look, we have to move to the future. The British people have decided twice at this stage and just things have to happen now. A vote in the House of Commons, a vote in this parliament. But we will have but, a debate here just, too and it yeah. won't get 100% support. Sure, just finally, uh, Mairead, and very, very briefly, do you think the EU as an institution is, is it now a weaker one? Well, it's certainly was stronger if the UK had stayed in. I think um, it's only weaker if we don't hold together. And I, I suppose I don't see the European Union as an institution. The European Union is the voluntary coming together of 27 member states who believe they're better off working together, which is not a bad concept. Um, and then we need all of the structures to make sure that we do work together. The UK has decided they're better off on their own. And I suppose we all wish the UK luck, but we don't want their departure to harm us. And I, I dare say, and I hope that they have the same view. And if we both go into the negotiations in the future with that in mind, then maybe things will not be as difficult as they might appear today. OK, Mairead McGuinness, Fine Gael MEP and first Vice President of the European Parliament. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Your comments will be com- coming up very shortly with Marie Kearns, but before that, we'll take a break. Ken Murray on LMFM. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.